0: Content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF are you talking about the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do and Katie
1: and I'm Decker
0: and we're here to ask each other what the fuck are you talking about so here's a rundown of how this is going to go we've got six categories of topics and the next episode's contents will be determined by the role of a die at the end of this episode so the categories we have are true crime paranormal history and education science technology entertainment and current events we use an eight-sided die. If you roll a one, then you to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it has to be local, so Idaho, any state bordering Idaho. If you roll an eight, then that's a wild, and you get to pick your category. Woo! So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Well, now that I stopped doing like uh, those infomercials for <laughs> he was
0: Vanna whiting his die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I had science technology this one. This is true. Can't confirm. Can't confirm. Good, good. Otherwise, this episode's going to be real short. <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment, guys. <laughs> Have you ever done that in college? Where, like, you had an assignment, but you did like the totally wrong thing? No, I don't think so. Okay, maybe that's just me. But, um... <laughs> so, um since I was on a trip... It kind of prolonged the one that I really wanted to talk about just because that one requires a lot of study. Mm-hmm. But there was another thing I was really interested in because this is gonna be great for Starfinder in terms of like uh like innovation and whatnot, since uh we currently have a Starfinder campaign going on. Um, and I'm actually going to There's gonna be a little bit of like education/slash technology, and I'm gonna talk to you about the different types of energy and current innovations that are going on with those. Ooh. Yeah. And by the way, I thought there were like two primary types because I know that, like, you know, like. You're just like, thinking like kinetic like, and potential. Right. Contential. Yeah. Like potential. 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 Fuck me. Kinetic and <laughs> potential. k That's the start. I so, <laughs> <think>. <laughs> we're off to a great That's start. A special K. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I knew there's different ways for, like, you have kinetic energy and, like, so, certainly it's the things that are released. But it turns out there's, like, I think I counted 12? Wow. There is a lot of say. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Fourteen! There are fourteen different types of like major energy energies that um are utilized throughout the known universe. So I'm actually going to tackle all save one. Because there is one in there I absolutely have no knowledge on to talk about because it's way too in-depth. But um, I'm going to talk about some of these uh, energies, how they're applied, and some of the f- things that we see in them today. Maybe in future episodes I'll go more in-depth into the history of them and, like, other ways that they've been applied. But I thought that would be kind of fun to actually go through because mm-hmm. it's some brainstorming and some stuff with, like, my story writing. And yeah. I just think it's really cool because I think... Us knowing, I mean, there's actually several energies, like, I can understand now through our actual podcast, you know, mm-hmm. quite a few of them, just in the one thing we do. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, so let's go start with the first one. Mechanical. So, mechanical energy is comprised of, I don't want to update my computer right now. <laughs> wow. There that's, we go. that's the first one. That's okay. the, st- I don't want to, so, okay. Oh, actually, you know what? Here, there was another thing I want to talk about here first. So, with energy, um... First off, what's the definition of energy? Energy is a measurable property in which uh, uh, energy can be transferred to a system or a part of that system to perform a work on that system. So this is like an action being done, right? So if energy gets transferred from the stove to the kettle, the action that's happening right now is probably going to be thermodynamics Mm -hmm. to heat up the water inside of the kettle, right? That is the work that's being performed due to the transference of said energy. So, with that being said, uh, a unit of energy called a joule, I'm not going to go too deep into, like, how to do all those formulas, because they're, by the way, I knew there were a lot of formulas in our lifetime. (laughs) Some of these energies have pages upon pages of calculations for them, including one that goes over quantum mechanics, which I will tackle on a later date,
0: (laughs) 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 you <laughs> I mean much, we don't have time for that too tonight?
1: Too much for me to take in for today. <laughs> so, otherwise this podcast will probably last for a day. So, I'm just so shocked that you couldn't get to the bottom of quantum mechanics I, and really in uh, four hours. It's really interesting. But, um, yeah, so you, you have that. And with the joule, that's normally measuring energy transferred to the object by the work of moving it a distance of one meter against a force of one newton. So I said a whole whole bunch of words. Right, one fig Newton for one work. So if you work one day, you get (laughs) one one fig Newton. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Got (laughs) it. Brian Regan would be so happy with that. Did you ever hear hear his bit about like the the fig Newtons and like the half a cup of ice cream? Uh, He talks about like the serving portions. Of food and he's like, yes. so he says, two figurines. Oh, I'm stuck to the rafters! Like, yes, oh, I have oh. heard that. Dude, if you haven't seen Brian Regan, watch Brian Regan. Awesome stuff. But um, I digress. So let's go into these energies, right? So it's basically um, that calculation is basically saying when energy is applied, it measures the joules in terms of the distance that thing could have been moved. Oh, yeah. So it's being the work of being applied towards that object, even if it doesn't move, maybe it, like increases in mass or it, you know its size and all that jazz. So, um, common forms, can I get potential, I talked about. So for those of you that don't know the differences between those, because maybe we have really young listeners, or maybe you've just never heard of these. I think <laughs> it's awesome. So I took one physics class and I was like, well, I'm good. So, fun note: I've always wanted to take physics, never got a chance to take it. Overrated. <laughs> But it's so exciting. So, um, <laughs> anyways, kinetic energy is the energy of a moving object, right? So, if you're a car driving down the road, that car has kinetic energy. The car also has potential energy, because potential energy is the energy of an object when another force could be acting upon it but it hasn't yet been moving. So, a great example would be um, satellites in space. Technically, gravity is acting on that the whole time. But luckily, they're moving at a speed at which gravity is acting upon it. Thus, they never crash into the Earth. So <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, I want to put an asterisk toward it never, on the off chance that there's a satellite that crashes during our episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so um, another fun thing is mass and energy are super closely related. In fact, right now, it's theorized that they're almost one and the same. Right? So... Uh, like, uh, Albert Einstein has an equation equals mc squared, right? Mm-hmm. The energy of an object is equal to mass towards the speed of light squared. Right? And that's how you can figure out and either way, when mass increases so does its energy. When its energy decreases, so does its mass. Right? Think of, think of me. If I eat a lot, my mass is going to increase, but so does my energy. <laughs> technically speaking. So, <laughs> this is science time with Decker. So, um, Let's talk about some of these energies, right? So mechanical energy is the sum of the potential energy and kinetic energy of an object. So that same example of the satellite is perfect. It has the kinetic energy of it orbiting mm-hmm. the Earth, but also has the Earth acting upon it. But since the speed is also the same as the acceleration of gravity, it should not crash. In so theory. It also technically should not leave the orbit Mm -hmm. or the atmosphere of the Earth because otherwise it would have to gain energy to break the uh, gravitational pull of the Earth. So um, what I like to say for this one is mechanical energy is almost like an energy filter or uh, I like to say it's choose your own energy (laughs) (laughs) because um, it makes for a great medium or uh, an energy translator in a sense. Um, Think about a car, right? You have... You have the car that has the fuel inside, right? The fuel goes through uh, the fuel injectors to the engine, or the engine block, everything compresses, then you have that spark, which causes, I think that's technically going to be, it's not necessarily a chemical
0: reaction, it's just thermodynamic reaction. Are you sure it's not the remix to Ignition? It,
1: (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Um, But uh, you have that force now is going from thermodynamic energy, transition to kinetic energy towards the car, right? So it went from mechanical, which is the compression, to the spark being thermodynamic, then you have it going to kinetic, which is now causing your car to move. So it goes on quite a journey of self-discovery. It does. It it goes through a whole life cycle. (laughs) Even when you think it's just a simple action, there are losses that happen. But you also have dams, right? Dams technically, in a point of that energy life cycle, goes through a uh, mechanical energy cycle because it goes from, you know, water hey, the turbines, the mm-hmm. turbines move the machine, and then the machine decides to translate into electrical energy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, with that being said, uh, in a perfect mechanical environment, there would be no net conversion of energy. So what a net conversion is, is normally when you have these ener- you know energies being released, sweet, sweet release, um, <laughs> You have certain things come off, some of which are sound, you have heat, and uh, you you have other kinds of potential energy that are just emitted out. So, with that being said, um, one of the things that was really intriguing to me is, as I was doing my research into this first section, (coughs) there is a, uh, no, that's nuclear, perfect. It's called Elastic Collision. Which is like when, when energy is being moved inside that system, there is technically, in an ideal situation, there would be a box that would be housing all this energy. And if you had a point where there was none of this um, breakdown of that energy to where it could be diffused into other kinds of energy, that's where you'd get perpetual energy. Right, it would never leave that system. And one of the things it says is that um, as long as black body radiation, which didn't go too into detail about that, but it sounds like basically if it doesn't breach the system that it is interacting in, so if it's a fully truly closed system, that energy technically once acted upon, like once that energy is introduced and and that work is being performed, that work technically should go indefinitely, which goes into the you know the first rule like or. uh, Uh, physics, right? Or is it the first rule? I didn't go into physics today, but, you know, (laughs) um, uh, you could ask John. That's what he's going to study. But, like, if an action is performed, that action will continue until an equal force force acts upon it, right, technically in this world. As long as there was nothing being released or losing its energy because of it impacting something else, it would go on indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's really cool. Um... Yeah, so uh, um, with that, um, examples, cars, satellites, pretty much anything that, like, this device right now actually is taking sound... He's pointing at the microphone. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Yes, the microphone, thank you. For those of (laughs) you that can't see me gesturing right now. This device right here, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, this device takes the sound waves from my voice, converts that into electrical energy, which then goes into... Uh, transfers through the cords of the machine, which is uh, technically a, that's still going to be electrical energy. Goes to the computer, and then eventually you guys listen to it when then it gets come back through the machine, and then it turns back into sound waves through your speakers. Right. So really interesting. Um, that's a mechanical one. Also, I really I thought it was really funny because at some point when I was researching this. It mentioned that a lot of the um, like the words for energy and a lot of the stuff that we look at here for this kind of science was made by am- amateur physicist James Prescott Joule, which is what energy is named huh. after. <laughs> I just looked was like, amateur. Amateur physicist. Maybe, maybe the reason behind that is maybe at the time that these discoveries were being made, he wasn't like fully renowned, mm-hmm. so he's like trying to date that. But I just thought it was like, like the amateur physicist for pretty much all the rules of like energy that get applied in the world. Thought was kind of funny. Cool. So other than that, then you have the next one, which is gravitational energy. Right, so this is like the um, the Earth. Right? Mm-hmm. It has a mass, and that mass is massive <laughs> enough to actually um, affect another bar- body. So uh, the definition of that is the potential energy of a body with mass in relation to another massive object due to gravity. Right, So basically two entities and their gravitational pulls interact with each other. That's the gravitational energy between them. So... Um, and with this one here, it's almost in we don't really have a lot of ways that we use this currently, like not directly because we just recently discovered gravitational waves like we, the actual we can measure them that was back in 2016. Do you remember that when they had like a very, very thin um, I think it may have been a mirror or like there was something that they had up in space. When there was a collision of actually two black holes. Ah uh, yes, I do remember this. And we actually captured some of those gravitational waves, but they were just—they were so minute. I mean, while well, gravity is very powerful, the measurement of those waves are very minute. So, um, this is still a super new field, but pretty much how this one's used nowadays is indirectly through gravity's force. Like, since we can't harness gravity innately, we can harness gravity through. Water going down a hill, or in our case, water going through the dam, down a chute, hitting the turbines, forcing those to turn, right? So, in that same scenario where I talked about dams, in a sense, we are harnessing gravitational energy. So, you have that one, you also have a grandfather clock, since they use pendulums, to mm-hmm. help keep uh, time, and... Same thing with satellites. So uh, one of the things I wanted to do also for today is, other than just kind of explain like how these energies are measured, was well, how they're used today in normal day to day. I mean, you could also say that cars going down hills and then going up are using gravitational energy to continuously slingshot up the hill while reducing how much gas it's using, right? Um, that being said, next one is chemical energy, and for chemical energy, that is. Like when a that's when basically two, what did I say here? To do chemical, it's the making and breaking of chemical bonds um, that are either absorbed or evolved through a chemical system. So, a great example is in science if you ever have you put water on sodium, that's a chemical reaction, right? You have two things being introduced, and from those two things being introduced. There is a transition of either elements and, uh, you know, neutrons and other stuff like that that create totally different things. So I believe with water and nitrogen, if I'm not mistake, mistaken, or nitrogen, sodium, I was thinking Na, when you, when you dump the water on it, I believe it makes uh, NaOH, which is, uh, I think it's sodium hydride. I think that's the actual name for it. And, sure. then, and then it has, like, uh, an extra oxygen. Like, so normally those oxygens pair up because oxygen likes to be together. I think it, like, just likes to be O2, normally in the atmosphere. Because that's the most balanced it can be. Um, but, yeah, then we also have other things which um, can help to incite a reaction. A reaction. So you have regents or... Blue shield. <laughs> Blue shield, um, reagents or reactants, and what's funny is they didn't define regents in depth. It's only like <laughs> used synonymously with reactants, but reactants are normally consumed through the process of this action being taken, and that's probably going to do a lot through heat being emitted based off the transition of energy. And those are things. Um, what's really interesting about these is this happens with us all the time. Because in our bodies, like, when we're moving throughout the day, we are actually undergoing chemical reactions and turning those into technically electrical, like, (laughs) energies to help stimulate our body and, like, neurons to move. Mm -hmm. Right? To move us. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the same thing could be uh, if you, if you're sadistic and you put salt on the slug. Did you ever, did you ever hear about, like, people doing that?
0: Yeah, we used to do that in the garden. When I was a child, because slugs fucking ruin shit. (laughs) They
1: do. So, if you're out to, you know, wipe out all slugs, just... Also, the sorority house
0: that I was in in college, we had the weirdest slug problem. We had, like, a slug infestation? Like, just, like, on the outside, like, and we had these stairs that would, because we were up kind of on a hill, these stairs Uh that would go down to a sidewalk, and if there were a lot of slugs on there, they were real slippery and dangerous.
1: Hmm. So, if you don't want to slip, you just throw some salt down. It's not just for the eyes. I mean, yeah. But yeah, so, um, kind of some fun things with that. I know this is kind of a little bit info-heavy. Cool. So, then the next one here, we have ionization energy, which I found really fascinating because I couldn't find any any direct things that we currently use to, you know, take advantage of this energy. Mm -hmm. Because what it is, is it's basically, it's energy that is transmitted through the uh, like basically either the the breaking or theft or the gaining of an electron through valence shells. And what's really interesting about this one is the closer the outer valence shell and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, so elements have a certain amount of electrons that go in different tiers. so think of like Saturn's rings, right? And those every single ring is another valence shell. The closer the farthest ring is, to the nuclei, so that's, like, where all the neutrons and protons are at, the stronger the amount of energy there is, if that bond were to be broken. So, in a way, if there was a way for us to utilize that, we could probably take advantage of, like, um, like noble gases. Typically, mm-hmm. they do not want to lose those electrons. And so that was one of the things I was trying Fair. to look up. I wanted to see, I was trying to find out which element or molecule has, like, the closest conglomerate of electrons, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, like multiple of them. To their nuclei while being massive or having multiple amounts because like, that'd be an interesting way to take advantage of energy, but um, I couldn't find anything definitive that I currently uses that. So there's that one there. Um, you also have nuclear energy, which we all ki- we kind of know how this one works. So nuclear energy kind of goes through one or two phases. You have nuclear fission, you have nuclear fusion. Fusion, of course, is the combining of... Typically, elements. Um, normally, it's hydrogen to turn into helium for the sun. That actually makes energy. Right. And what's interesting is it's kind of the absorption of energy, but if, because, because of that process it helps to stabilize it, and then it can create more energy. And then you also have nuclear fission, which is very known for nuclear reactors mm-hmm. and also nuclear bombs. Right. So when you break like uranium or plutonium, it has a major amount of energy that it releases out. Mm-hmm. So. Those ones are pretty uh, normal. And then you have, this is the one I wanted to get to so bad one day, but there was way too much about it because I'd have to learn about quarks.
0: and One of those uh, things where
1: it's like, no, this needs something. Hadrons, which I've never, I've heard of quarks, but I have not heard of hadrons. And I, have, like, I have no clue how this works. And this is chromodynamic energy, which has to do with specifically quantum physics. And we've been making a lot of great breakthroughs. Of quantum physics, and in fact, this year I believe they were um, getting closer to like, being able to utilize uh, quantum mechanics with like computers. Mm-hmm. And so, that one I definitely want to dig into because I think this one's more, it might be just more of a theoretical puzzle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because sometimes they just have those things where it's like there's something here, but we don't know how to utilize it. Um, then you have elastic energy. Now, of course, I merely think of a rubber band, but rubber band doesn't actually classify as elastic energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can help to have elastic energy. So with that one, that one typically, uh, if it was just a rubber band, that's really entro- entropic elasticity. hmm But you can't actually use elastic energy. It's like, like a slingshot, right? Basically, what you're doing is elastic energy is comprised of you being able to manipulate... Um, normally it's the the nucleus of a atom or molecule and be able to move it or stretch it without it being marred, broken, you know, distorted. So that one's really interesting because like I mean thought of rubber bands, but it doesn't totally qualify, but then we think of slingshot, right? It's anything that basically forces like I mean even your muscles in a sense, they mm-hmm. have some sort of elastic energy because when you're stretching, right, or if you're trying to wind up for something. You're kind of giving yourself a little bit more to your action that you're doing. Sorry, did you have a question? No. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. This is just
0: my face. Gotcha.
1: (laughs) Your face was questioning me. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, uh, Cool. And then you have mechanical wave, and I'm going to put mechanical wave and sound waves together because they both um, interact within the same medium. So mechanical wave is like water, right? Think of, like, when you throw a pebble in the water, and also it has these oscillations, and it has this ripple throughout. It doesn't necessarily... It's not... I couldn't find a state in which it was the final form of energy transition, right? Because normally, like, everything else, it's, like, the car, the final transition is going to be the kinetic energy to move the car, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, moving <coughs> the wheels. Normally, when it's interacting through a medium, that's literally just... Gateway to transition to the next phase,
0: right? So, like the water would move to the point where it impacts like the soil to erode the soil
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I said it's like a freeway for energy (laughs) So um, and it does require initial energy output, so it does not start from the medium the medium is always in the middle of the process And so that one was really interesting as well because you have uh, similar things would be like sound waves, right? Um, you have water, you have wind, you have seismic waves. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we actually. I know we use like geothermal mm-hmm. energy. but I'm not sure if we actually use like the moving of the crust to get energy. That's a I'd good be, question. I'd, I'd be interesting to know if. Um, I'd be interested to know yeah. if we use that at all. Because one of the things I was really curious about is I was I wanted to see all these things and I was thinking of in what ways could they all interact with each other in order to reduce that the, um, oh, what's the word? It's, I think it's technically, I, I don't think it was dissolve. Because any process with energy, it always loses, it. like, you can't destroy it, but energy gets to a point where when it's used... It's like, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah, it, it basically can't... Where was that? Because I was looking for... Oh, you have reversible and irreversible conversions Mm -hmm. and one of the irreversible conversions And this is what I was saying was it said heat is an irreversible conversion because it's basically it's such a minute uh, from what I understand and I could be completely off my rocker with this but uh, From what I was reading it said heat since it does such a small um, in a way It's not not a lot of energy to be able to be reintroduced into a system that's technically where it can lead to entropy and true heat of uh, the true heat universe, right? And I was like, okay, so now I understand that more. And so what I was trying to look at was when I saw that is how can you incorporate enough of those things to find a way to make an irreversible system into a reversible system? Because one of the cool things about science is nothing's technically ever set in stone. You have laws until something, of course, interferes with that law, and then we make a new discovery and some mm-hmm. crazy innovation. So... Uh, this led me to, like, one of the other things we have which is thermodynamics, right? And this is actual, like, when you use energy, there is heat released, right? Your body's constantly doing a uh, uh, thermodynamic irradiation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, an exothermic reaction where, like, because my body, like, I'm moving and I'm alive and such, I emit heat. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way to capture the heat, like, and truly be able to use up that heat and reintroduce it in the system, that... I think theoretically might actually either very much slow down or prevent heat death. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is it's not the energy has gone. It's the energy is in a state in which it can no longer be used. Mm-hmm. So that to me was like, very intriguing. And that's why when you saw me on the couch, I was like, oh, and I just started talking. It. I, was like, oh so I, was like, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And so um, i trying to think of ways to where you could have a certain flow of energies to where they transition to where we could grasp the heat energy that technically would be in an irreversible system, mm-hmm. if we could prevent it from going to that irreversible system or even find a way to pull it out of an irreversible system and therefore make it reversible, thus...
0: What could we be using that for? Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, because it, like for me, technically, it's, like, it's not... The energy's been tapped into, but we haven't found a way to re-tap back into it because you can't destroy energy, at least not that we know of. We cannot create or destroy energy, thus the energy will always remain. So that's why in my head I never understood heat death. I was like, that doesn't make any sense because energy always is. Well, energy, you know, our bodies hit homeostasis, but there's always change even to the smallest amount. And so thus in my head, if that's how most of the world works here... In theory, that's how the universe should work. There should never be a point where it truly stifles off to the point where there's absolutely no matter of energy. So, that's what I was just like... I was going to mm-hmm. downstairs. <laughs> but, um... Because <laughs> it was just really intriguing me. Because I'm, I'm thinking of, like, all the things that we do right now. What... Because everything... Now, in a sense, everything's emitting heat. Like, I'm like, looking I'm like, everything's... <laughs> everything's heating up. <laughs> all right? And so, um... And what's really interesting with this, too, is when you have these energies, um, if we could reduce heat as being part of that irreversible system, if we could prevent that from—technically speaking, we could have stuff producing a lot of energy, like the sun, but theoretically not burn us if we were to touch it, Mm -hmm. because it's not emitting heat. It just is energy. Right.
0: That's an interesting thought.
1: Right. That's why I was like, that's so. Like that kind of That's also what I had the sex. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, because technically you could have this energy. You have all of this. You know, these different types. But if heat is always it, it, heat, right now, currently the process is a constant that will always happen when energy is transferred. So the only option to stop heat from happening is to stop. Transitioning energy, which just means everyone dies and everything dies, and everything stops. Guess what I wanted. It's like entropy in a way, <laughs> or, uh, finding a way to reintroduce that a system or prevent it from hitting that system that's irreversible. Let's, let's say, let's say there is no way for us to get that back. Then we'd have even more reason to find a way to prevent it from getting there further. Which I think is that's why our innovations, we become way more advanced with technology. We have certain energies that now last for. Ages, you know, like we have nuclear reactors that'll last longer than we can. So, very, very fun, crazy stuff. And so, I hope, I hope to God, I'm not boring anyone right now. But I just find this incredibly, just mind-boggling. No, it's very interesting, right? So, um, let's go back here. So, what did I, what did I hit? Because again, there's like 14 categories here. So, let's see here, here, that's the beginning. Okay, perfect. I hit those, 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 those. Radiant energy. Radiant energy to me sounds fucking cool, and all it is is solar energy, pretty much. Or uh, gravitational energy. Gravitational energy can technically classify as radiant energy through electromagnetic waves... Or electro-radiant waves, as some people call them, because they don't want to be... Because, okay, sorry, I'm getting a little too crazy. So,
0: that makes me think of, like, radiant damage. Right? I was like,
1: <laughs> that's so fucking cool! Like, 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 that's not, like, we don't capture solar light, we capture radiant energy. Yeah. We capture divine, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just sounds cool. Right? Smite! Like, like, that's not just light, that is radiant energy right now going through an electrical system, emitting into here. Also emitting heat, stop that. (laughs) No, don't stop that. I mean, I kind of want to be warm as such, but... (laughs) Uh, So that that one was really cool because it's, you know, you have solar winds, right? And that's because, like, that energy is being introduced into our medium. What's really interesting about uh, radiant energy is it can go through our atmosphere Technically not generating heat. It does not generate heat by going through the medium. It generates heat once it transitions into an object. Hmm. So that's why, like, when you go outside and like the sun's just like bright and shining and you're freaking cold, but everything else around you is like really warm. Mm-hmm. That's why. It's because it doesn't actually heat up the atmosphere. It heats up the object in which it transitions into. Which also makes sense because electromagnetic, electromagnetic waves, they don't have to have a medium to go anywhere. They can just go. I mean, they can go through a medium, but they don't need a medium to transition somewhere else, which is why, like, we can get freaking phone calls through, like, I mean, for the most part, I mean, there's certain, like, buildings you can go through, mm-hmm. and you can get, like, phone calls really easily, and maybe those are different kinds of ways and stuff, but that just was really fascinating to me. First off, that we call it radiant energy in the science world. Mm-hmm. Like, we should start calling it that more, because that just makes yes, it sound that cool sounds cool, so much cooler. Right? Um, And this one is an excellent example for, like, how we measured gravity because one of the things was how much energy it emitted when two black holes hit, a, like, they, they collided with each other. That, when, when they collided, and this might be a whole different story from another day, when they collided, they emitted as much energy as three of our suns in that collision. That's a little bit, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of energy because it's, like, three of our suns existing mm-hmm. like going through the, the beginning cycle mm-hmm. just three suns boom it's so, all i was like radiant energy really cool now i should not shit on clerics <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, somewhere bryn just went ha
1: right so not just a healer <laughs> um, and then the, another one here is resting energy and that one was really interesting because I've never heard of this one, ever. I mean, I, there are a couple I haven't heard about here. But with resting energy, it literally is equals MC squared.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. that, that's the formula for resting energy. It's literally the energy when, there's, when you have no movement, like no kinetic action, just you being what is your energy. That's cool. And so I'd like to actually... I want to do this after our episode because I didn't get a chance to do it. Actually, I didn't think about it until just now. I want to calculate the amount of energy that I have, Mm -hmm. right, just as an individual without doing anything. So I was like, oh, that's kind of curious, right? Because it's like, what does everything have when, like, that pen, that pen has energy just by existing. Good job, pen. Right, good job, pen, right? And so, uh, and the last one is thermal, which I already talked about. Um, oh, sorry. I skipped. I skipped magnetic energy and electrical ones. So uh, magnetic energy um, is and magnetic and electrical kind of coincide with each other because electrical energy is just energy transitioning through an electrical system and then hitting its destination. Normally, like, electrical energy isn't like the end of anything, right? Because if I were to get struck by lightning, it didn't end. With lightning. It would end poorly. And with the energy going into me and affecting my system. (laughs) Poorly. (laughs) Poorly, yeah. Not a great medium for lightning. (laughs) I don't recommend. Um, And then magnetics, um, those go through typically a coil. It goes through a coil of some sort. A medium, which is normally a coil around some iron. And that's what helps. So first you have a magnetic field just due to the coil. The magnetic field technically becomes apparent or uh, magnetized when iron is introduced. And so that's why a lot of, like, with science and everything, it sounds like we haven't narrowed down exactly why we have a mani- magnetic field, which I would love to know more about mm-hmm. because it us from, like, you know, the sun. I mean, that's nice. That's <laughs> nice. I appreciate um, that. The, uh, cause I, I'm Actually, you know what I'm really just about that is if there was a way for us to use magnets more in our day-to-day life, uh, part of it was just be like, 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 hoverboards, right? Because if it repels against something, it might be able to, like, s- s- or, like, uh, uh, this was kind of, like, me more with, like, and stuff. It's, like, like shields, right? It's mm-hmm. just magnets that just prevent a force. Because we also saw, like, we, we saw one um, thing on Twitter where, like, the guy was putting his hand through, like, a, it looked like through molten rock, yeah. right? Like, it was just, like, sliding down, but it didn't hurt him, and there, there was that, that effect, that little, like, Linden frost effect, mm-hmm. because, like, he had water, it created, like, a vaporized shield.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, magnets! Right? That'd be really cool. Um, But normally, for, like, magnets, other than it being an electrical system, another way you can have magnets is, if you have a magnetized uh, field introduced to something that can accept that energy, like iron, once you remove that magnetized field, that eye will still be magnetized. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the rate at which it will retain that is. It, I mean, it can't be indefinite, otherwise we would have tapped into that long ago, right? Um, but I thought that was really interesting, too, because it's like, for certain objects, if you introduce magnets to them, they will retain that energy. I was like, that's pretty freaking cool, because in a way, you, it's like your batteries, right? But you're like, here, this lodestone, boom. <laughs> and a lodestone's just iron. It's just magnetized iron. I was like, that's kind of cool, because I didn't realize what a lodestone actually mm-hmm. was, uh, me personally. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's everything for uh, all your energies, so... that's Yeah, that's a lot of
0: different energies that I had not
1: heard of, yeah. or at least been aware of. I'm really excited for the uh, quantum mechanics one, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that one's just going to blow my mind. Um, but a lot of them are really cool, and... <laughs> I would love to... For me, I was thinking about, like, everything I do that... Like, or, like, everything that I do, like, in my day-to-day life. Like, what it transfers through. Like, how... To, what all the mediums of my like, energy transfers through till it hits its destination. And then, of course, continues throughout its destination. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't really stop. Um... Yeah. So, I'm glad you liked it, though. Yes. I hope you guys like it out there. I really hope I didn't just, like, word vomit all over the place. <laughs> just the is love. that any different, though? It's, I feel like that's what we do. Like, we're just, like, blah, that's information. That's exactly what we do, but, um... <laughs> yeah so neat cool so now that I'm done with that Katie yes what the fuck are you talking about
0: well I had history and education so I'd like to take a moment for you to sing with me what am I singing we're gonna sing some salt and pepper
1: oh I don't think I've heard a salt and pepper song in forever (laughs) honestly what song am I doing You know what we're doing. Do I?
0: Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about the American Civil War. Oh, okay. well, thank you. I I just started
1: singing, and you killed my joy. Well,
0: (laughs) to be fair, I thought you'd pick it up a little faster. (laughs) I'm I'm so slow today. Anyways, so the American Civil War was fought in the United States from 1861 to 1865. So that that was a little ways back. Pornography, on the other hand, has been around since prehistoric times. There's been depictions of a sexual nature found in, like, glyphic art dated all the way back to ancient Mesopotamia. So this is a theme that has continued through all cultures throughout all time, Mm -hmm. often expressed through art. So, like, think of, like, the Venus de Milo statue or the Birth of Venus painting. Okay.
1: Or like David, like. Right, right. Sorry, we said Venus de Milo. I was thinking Vera de Milo p- from a *Living Color*.
0: <laughs> the way that this like in my head, someone was like, <laughs> "Send nudes," and she was like, "Okay, dude, I need you to like chisel this for me, please, just as fast as possible." Right. <laughs> now deliver this by carriage. <laughs> it
1: will take six months.
0: <laughs> Send nudes. Clink, 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 clink.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So, we've
1: established that porn is as old as people. That's great. I mean, I appreciate the human body. <laughs> <laughs> in in inappropriate ways. Fuck, I think I, I fucked myself. That's fine. <laughs> There's a porn for that. Good.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, we have porn. Let's go back to the Civil War. Good.
1: That's great. I, I'm going to need some reprieves here. <laughs> today.
0: So, the Civil War had a lot of impacts on society, life in general. But one in particular that... I definitely didn't hear about this one in history class. It's the amount of goddamn porn that was around. Like, think porn just like blowing through the streets. Like, <laughs> so much porn. Porn. <laughs> it's so they think an army runs on its stomach? No, it runs on its pornography.
1: Wow. I and mean, it went through a great medium. Just. <laughs> Born, transitioned to the public. Easy. So to much get. porn. <laughs> Good. Okay. So there was a
0: large amount of men away from their wives, whoever. And like photography had become, it was like we have the advent of photography, and it's a lot easier to duplicate media and like distribute media. Mm-hmm. So in camp, there's they were called Barracks favorites. Um those were available and they were cheap erotic novels. Okay. And there's I think somewhere
1: where is it? You know, so, now that you mention this, I'm starting to see this more and more in just war in general. Now. Oh yeah. Something like all the girls painting all the next ships and like whatever, like uh yeah. planes for, like World War Two and Huh. Fun, keep going. Well
0: I've heard stories about like thumb drives you that were just my like my interest <laughs> Put your pants back on. <laughs> I've heard stories about thumb drives that were just like passed around. Like okay. it makes sense. But so the, the Barracks favorites, these were erotic novels. Okay. And I think the first erotic novel was dated back to like 17. So a while ago. And there are currently three of these novels that are still known to exist, and they are at the Kinsey Institute in Indiana. Which someday I will do a bit on oh, and the Kinsey. Institute of Learning. <laughs> Because Kinsey was super interesting. Uh, so, photography is popular. The medium is easy to distribute in mass amounts. So, nude photos could be purchased for $1.20 for 12 or 10 cents a piece. What time period was this in?
1: Uh, the 1860s. The 1860s. So, that was like 30 bucks
0: a pop. I mean, that's a decent amount oh, for the time. Okay. Uh, so, these were generally nude women doing innocent things. Photos of women actually engaging in sexual activity were typically African-American or Native American women, not white women,
1: because racism. No, hold on. It's so, so like, you have like you'd have like white women going to like the grocery store
0: I, So shopping. the way that I imagine it is think like pinups, how they're like cooking or blah, 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 except they're just not wearing anything.
1: I mean, I thought that was normal.
0: I mean, not everyone cooks in the nude. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs>
1: it's da- yeah, especially with like bacon, bacon of oil. Th- yes. Ah. <laughs> okay, but they'd have other uh, people of other ethnicities mm-hmm. in more provocative, Which... like positions. Or like, like what are we like have? sex. Oh, so they just want <laughs> so. Uh, and I'm sure that it wasn't exclusively. People of color that were... This is a different thing in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like it, And forgive me, because I might be... Again, this episode, I just might be off my rock. <laughs> are we always? It's, yeah, that's how you should be. But it seems to me right, that if there's a lot more pictures with pretty much anyone that was non-white mm-hmm. having sex... I find that very interesting, because it's almost like, what was it because maybe people thought of that as more exotic, right? Or,
0: that could or, be part of it. It could also be like, oh, well, white women wouldn't do that, because racism.
1: That's almost like, you know, remember that episode where I talked about like benevolent like, yeah. sexism? It yeah. It was like... It's just really
0: well, see, that's the strange. thing, like, especially when you look at the reasons why the Civil War was fought. Uh-huh. Like, that's it's it's a whole lot of bullshit, is what it is. Yeah. Huh. And I'm sure that there were plenty of white women that were photographed engaging in sex acts, but the majority of what they had was not white women. And I found in like, one of the things that I looked at, it said, and I quote, it is speculated these were used for masturbation. We do not need to speculate I mean... I can tell you without a doubt that's what it was fucking used for. Like, that's... You don't have to guess. are you sure?
1: Yes. I mean... I am 100% sure. Sometimes I'm looking for a good read. Or like a picture book, if you will. And (laughs) just casually in the marketplace, I will... You'll just buy, like, a dozen nudes
0: for $1.20? There's (laughs) great (laughs) crossword puzzles. Well, but if you... So if you're buying sexually explicit photography and you're away from your sweetheart, I'm fairly certain I know what you're going to do with it. I miss... <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Well, it's like, we, we can speculate that this was this was used for masturbation and not just entertainment. And I was like, well, that could be both. Thank you. Yeah. And we don't have to speculate. That's just...
1: That's all we I'm know, saying. We know human nature. You're full of shit if you don't think that's what it was used for. We before. know they bought those pictures
0: for their spank bank.
1: Like, that's what it was for. Oh, spank bank. I haven't heard
0: that one in a while. <laughs> so just because all of this porn was floating around, like, literally,
1: okay.
0: doesn't mean that there weren't women available for the troops to have sex with. So there's... What? So most armies, I think, probably throughout history, have had camp followers. Groupies? and. It's... Not necessarily, but it's, like, <laughs> a group of people that follow the camp. Like, I know that it definitely happened in the Revolutionary War, but it
1: yes, like there, like, there was the, like, wives, was people that like cook. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not nowadays.
0: Several of the camp followers included prostitutes. Or several of the camp followers were prostitutes. I'm sure they there was good work there. Uh, yes. <laughs> so? So... Popular myth holds that, so the Army of the Potomac was, when it was led by Union General Joseph Hooker, the legend is that there were so many of the camp followers that were prostitutes that that's when they started calling them hookers. That's not true. They started calling them hookers in 1845. That's when the term was started being used, but that just like cemented it. So, why did they call them? Why Where did the hookers come from? Like, why was that? I didn't look into that any further. Because, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't. Another day. Yeah.
1: So. It's because I hooked on them. Oh, Jesus. It's the one drug I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should have said it like it,
0: that. D- it does reduce, reduce. It does release a lot of endorphins. It does re- reduce. It does reduce all a lot endorphins. of endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you get when you have a lot of people having unprotected sex with a smaller group of people? Syphilis. Uh, okay. Well, you get syphilis. You didn't give
1: me a chance to just say fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like chlamydia. You'll get chlamydia and you'll die. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> so the Union Army had at least 73,382 cases of syphilis.
1: Whoa.
0: That's a war entirely on oh. its And 109,397 cases of gonorrhea. So about 82 out of every 100 men had a venereal disease. One out of how many? 82 out of every 100 men. Whereas before and after- 82% of men fighting in the war had a venereal disease. Or is that just period? That's just like period. Not just the troops. So, so while, like... And we act shocked, like, when people get them in nowadays. I mean, yeah. So, what the hell? Okay. 82 out of every 100 men had a, a venereal disease. Before and after the war, it was 87 out of 1,000 men. That's more believable. Yeah. So the Union's black troops, however, had much lower rates. So it was 34 out of every 1,000 had syphilis. Now,
1: let me ask you this. Was that because they were racist... Possibly. Okay, because I was like, I was thinking it's like either that or they maybe a combination of them being racist and not allowing that for their black troops. I mean that's possible.
0: Um, huh. I don't know. I didn't look into that any further uh, either. They
1: lucked up I'm just being honest.
0: And they had forty-four out of one thousand men for gonorrhea. So cases of VD were most common around larger cities such as like Nashville, New Orleans, uh, Richmond, Virginia, DC. It's weird. I don't
1: think of venereal disease when I think Nashville.
0: <laughs> Nashville, <laughs> capital of VD. <laughs> uh, the Confederate numbers are unknown, but it's assumed to be less since they were less likely to be in the major cities where it was more common. Prostitution experienced its largest growth between 1861 and 1865. This could be in part due to the per- depression that was going on and the need for women to support themselves and their families. Uh, some, and I thought this was f- funny, some thought that it was a tactic to spread VD to opposing troops. Which that, I mean, maybe, but that seems a little far fetched.
1: They were always, they, I mean, we did biological warfare sending rat like diseased rats and corpses Um, like over smallpox blankets and yeah yeah. but Uh, we're very good at giving gifts he's got a packet
0: (laughs) i don't know it feels like that's just a way to be like oh no they were doing this tactically like no maybe they just that's maybe they wanted to be prostitutes to support themselves
1: yeah no it sounds (laughs) more like the unproductive sex plus the
0: there was a lot of it going on there was a lot of activity there was a lot of venereal activity happening Yes. So the term "public women" was coined for women that became prostitutes. The rise in prostitution led to moral outrage because, of course, it fucking did. People can't. It, How dare you! Have doing stuff. a lot of this research, I was like, people just need to stand on other people's fucking business. Like, anyway, so moral outrage. So after the war broke out, the number of brothels skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. In 1964, there were 400 brothels in DC and 75 in nearby Alexandria. That's uh, Virginia. A newspaper estimated there to be 5,000 public women in DC and 2,500 in Alexandria. By the war's third year, they were mainly in the area, or like the towns and areas around army camps, because that's where the money was. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, however, <clears throat> it was the most notorious area for prostitution, specifically Nashville. <laughs> so before the war, there was recorded 207 uh, public women, and by 1863, there were at least 1,500. The area. Oh! Yeah, so. That's <laughs> it, growing business. It sure is. Boy, uh, oh boy. The area that. Should sure hop on that? They did. <laughs> The area that they could be found in most likely was known as Smoky Row. So in a campaign to get rid of the prostitutes, Colonel George Spaulding, no, sorry, Lieutenant Colonel. He waged war on the prostitutes. We'll get there. Lieutenant Colonel George Spaulding loaded these women onto a steamboat. Do you like to know what that steamboat's name was? No. Idaho. But spelled with an E on the end. <sighs> Idaho. <laughs> That's <really>? Yeah. Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent them up the river to Louisville, where they were not permitted to get off, and instead sent further up the river to Cincinnati. But they apparently didn't prepare for this, so a lot of the women got really sick because there was no food. So they ended up turning around, going back to Nashville. So they get back to Nashville, and Lieutenant Colonel Spaulding creates a system of registration, kind of similar to some of the European ones. And he inadvertently created the first legal system of prostitution. Good for him. So there was there was rules, and as follows. Each prostitute must have a license with her residence listed on it. So I assume that was so they knew where she was working out of. Each prostitute must be examined weekly, or it could have been biweekly, by an appointed doctor, and if they were deemed to be, or if they were not deemed to be healthy, they needed to report to the hospital. That's good. Uh, There was a weekly tax of 50 cents that was levied on each prostitute to help pay for this hospital. 15 bucks, that's nice. And, let's see... All public women working without a license would be arrested and incarcerated for at least thirty days in a workhouse.
1: In a workhouse, what's <laughs> is that just like jail? Sort of. Or is it like where they actually do like civil duties to? Uh,
0: yeah. So it's it's like you're incarcerated in
1: jail, but you're doing work. Okay.
0: Yeah. During this time, still working. So, like after after these, okay. uh, the vd rates fell from forty percent to four. Whoa So it's almost like if you regulate prostitution, yeah. people get sick less. That's
1: shocking. If there was ever a, like if there was ever a like a, a case as to like whether to be for or against, that is some
0: But no, let's gamma. let's ignore this and just be morally
1: outraged. Well I mean here in Idaho we don't really do sex ed. If you just do the, the sneeze job, comp. <laughs> <laughs> then you won't get leprosy.
0: we <laughs> won't be pregnant. Yes! Uh, so prostitution was one of the only industries that cost, crossed the border between the North and the South during the war. On more than one occasion, there were women pretending to be men to enlist that were discovered because they gave birth. <laughs> That's
1: kind of hard to hide. Yes, it would be why they were discovered Just quiet <laughs> the baby's quiet I was quiet no
0: mess perfect I, it's estimated that over 1,000 women disguised themselves in order to enlist although it's really hard to know how many there were because obviously they weren't like yes I am a woman in disguise let me note this down uh-huh. all right uh, the war was a time of like intense challenge for gender norms as women were participating in the war effort and they left the home to serve in positions that were traditionally held by men. In the Confederacy, upper-class women put together all-female home guard militias and drilled firearm usage to protect their plantations and properties from Union invasion. Military training became mandatory in some private girls' academies. Uh, one of the militias in Georgia, it was in a, a particularly like military, mm-hmm. militarily vulnerable area mm-hmm. because it was between Atlanta and Mon- Montgomery. So it was like those, I would, assu- I think, had a lot of military in them, but like not between. So they actually engaged in diplomatic negotiations with the invading Union Army in April of 1865, using the threat of violence to obtain a promise that they would not ransack their city. So, good for them. As much of a challenge to gender roles as these female militias were, the participants were careful to otherwise conform to avoid the impression that they were usurping male protective roles. Because... Of course.
1: Yeah, you don't... That war is my, my thing. Because <laughs> I really give a shit about You mean what, women they... can take care of themselves? No. What?
0: No. That's just... Some women enlisted oh. under male identities to escape arranged marriages. Uh, others just wanted to protect their way of life, sure. their family. So horrible. You know, fight for their beliefs, whatever. Many were never detected and just returned to their life under their regular, you know, female gender norm expression, whatever. Uh, Some, however, went on to live the rest of their life under their assumed male identities. Huh. Until the 20th century, female service in the Civil War was officially denied by the Army. So, fuck you. Yeah,
1: because there hasn't been, like, a whole thing (laughs) for a while about how they don't want women with the men because
0: it might incite oh no sex <laughs> Incite sex <laughs> it might incite venereal
1: activities uh,
0: they might requisition sex <laughs> <for> <laughs> I've got a requisition order for some sex thank you yes. which I feel like if you're a guy that should be particularly offensive because it's like oh you couldn't possibly control yourself you're just an animal you have no in no nothing you can't think your animal I be, instincts. I can like, be
1: horny and still think rationally. Shocking. That doesn't mean it's not hard.
0: How it can just... you exist in a room with women? I'm you sure know, I'm hard. not going to lie. It's taken a lot
1: of years to develop.
0: It's, it's frustrating. I, yeah. Anyways. I bet. So although Confederate records were destroyed... So, they perused, like, 5% of the federal records, and within that 5%, they were able to find over 30 records of court-martial trials held due to acts of rape. Okay. Sometimes... offering Those are monsters. uh, Well, and things were weird, too, because I found some weird stuff where it's like, sometimes offering money to a woman of good standing was considered to be tantamount to rape.
1: Okay, that might be a little... So if
0: you're like, oh, like, you're a woman of a good family, blah, 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 Let's, I'll give you money and you'll have sex, and then that was apparently considered to be rape.
1: Because it probably wasn't illegal to pro, for prostitution in that area, or was that still an area where it was still legalized?
0: Uh, I don't legalized. think it was like that. I think it was just like, oh, you're besmirching my good name. You're besmirched? I don't know. I've been besmirched! There was one particular instance at Camp Denison. A man spent a month in the guard tower for offering a mother a dollar, but offering her daughter $3 for sex. And I was a little confused by that. I was like, so did he offer her $3 and then also offer her mother $3 like to have sex with the daughter? Or did he just offer more money to the daughter and end up having sex with both of them and the mother was upset? I don't know. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean... It doesn't, I'm going to leave that one alone. Like the, There isn't, yeah. Federal troops committing rape while invading southern states often took advantage of black women, uh, and I would guess this was probably seldom reported and probably seldom
1: punished because, because racism. then they're like, they're not people.
0: Because racism that's... is great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, black troops were punished more frequently and severely for rape than their white counterparts because racism. Again, fuck you. The more you know. And rape was a fear so omnipresent among white Southern women, uh, although the numbers are difficult to trace how how widespread that was, because it, it sounds like a lot of the women that were being victimized were women of color, not necessarily the white women. So I'm sure that there were probably a lot of rapes of white women going on, but the fear of rape in the southern white women like went on long after the war ended the term homosexuality was not coined until 30 years after the end of the war and army soldiers were not pub- published were not punished for such behavior although 3 navy soldiers were punished in 1865 there was one reported case of male prostitution The the Richmond Dispatch reported on May 13th, 1862, that since the Confederates' army moved, Confederates' capital moved to Richmond, quote, loose males of the most abandoned character from other parts of the Confederacy and prostitutes of both sexes openly displayed themselves in carriages and on sidewalks, (laughs) end quote. (laughs)
1: That just sounds like how it should
0: be. I mean, Really (laughs) Clothes are very restricting Well, I don't know how it means, like, displayed themselves Like, were they just like, hi, I'm a prostitute We can engage in services in exchange for money Or if they were, like, you know, like, a red light district in a window kind of a thing Like, I don't know why I'm gesturing things See all the goods
1: (laughs) before you buy Yeah,
0: I'm not exactly, I don't know what it meant by that In 1864, a ball put on by a Massachusetts regiment stationed in Virginia featured young drummer boys dressed as women, and one man wrote to his wife that he slept with one of the, quote, boy girls. Okay. Which, this is not cool, because it says young drummer boys.
1: Young drummer boys. I'm assuming they're probably probably
0: children? Or, like, preteens and guys. The fuck? Yeah consent is a thing Uh, I mean well, I mean it wasn't back then but like be better after the war many southern men felt their manhood diminished in a manner some historians called a quote crisis of gender (laughs) like a midlife crisis but it was about their gender yeah because the only thing more fragile than masculinity is like fucking blown glass Jesus Christ Confederate President Jefferson Davis was discovered by Union troops wearing his wife's shawl for warmth. Mm-hmm. Now that seems fairly like, okay, you're cold. You put on a shawl. Whatever. Yeah. The rumors spread that he was caught trying to escape while dressed as a woman. So that didn't do that sounds anything. That like good tactic. I'm, that didn't do anything to help them being like, oh, I'm not going to
1: shoot a woman. Maybe. Uh, one because of the- sexism.
0: While doing a lot of this research I was just like
1: Boy oh boy Rage What a great history Yeah.
0: Humans, they're garbage One of the direct causes of the rise of pornography During the Civil War was the rise of No One of the direct results of the rise Of pornography during the Civil War Was the rise of anti-pornography forces In particular the Comstock Laws
1: Comstock Laws, that sounds familiar. Uh, There is a character in Bioshock named Comstock. Right, but I mean, like, that specifically sounds very
0: familiar. Yes. So the Comstock Laws were a set of federal acts passed under the Grant Administration regarding suppression of trade in circulation of obscene literature and articles of immoral use. The parent act was passed on May 3rd, 1873, and it criminalized the usage of the U.S. Postal Service to send any of the following. Obscenity. Contraceptives. abortifacients. Do they have contraceptives back then? Yeah. Huh. history on that. Okay, cool. abort Sex toys. Personal letters with any sexual content or information. Any information regarding any of the previous things. Or any information on the prevention of venereal disease.
1: You know, the last one strikes me.
0: So you can't prevent well, STIs. You can't do it by yourself. No sex toys allowed. You can't prevent pregnancy because no contraception. But if you get pregnant, you can't stop that because no abort And no obscenity period. So, okay.
1: So then, was that Idaho? I mean, that just seems so counterintuitive to Uh being a human. So
0: a similar act was passed in 1909 that applied the same rules to Interstate Express or other common carriers, such as the railroad, instead of just delivery by the United States Postal Service. A tariff act in 1922 made importation of contraceptive information forbidden. About half of the states also enacted state laws related to the federal Comstock laws, Idaho being one of them. I knew it! Yep. Anthony Comstock was just a delight of a person. He was a postal inspector and a politician, dedicated to ideas of Victorian morality. So basically being inhibited, prudish, and hypocritical.
1: Oh, my three favorite things. <laughs> yeah.
0: He had an extensive campaign to censor materials that he considered indecent or obscene. He created the New York Society for Suppression of Vice, as well as the Comstock Laws. He was a private in the Union Army, and he objected to his fellow soldiers' use of profanity. I'm sure that he was just a delight to be with in the barracks. Oh, man.
1: Uh, I'm sure he got called some...
0: It said that he served without incident, so I don't know what that means. Like, he didn't cause a scene or whatever, but I'm sure that he was... That
1: might be... Do you think that might be that he served without actually fighting? I don't think so. Or is it just he he never had a... He never had a mark on his record? Uh, that's what I'm guessing. Okay.
0: So after the war, he became active in the Young Men's Christian Association, also known as it. the YMCA.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's fun to stay. <laughs>
0: He considered himself to be the weeder of God's garden. The
1: weeder? Of God's garden. I thought you said leader. <laughs>
0: no, No, weeder. Like, everything else is a horrible weed separate, that he's going to pluck out of the earth. Spread the wheat from the chaff.
1: Weeder. W e e d. I know, I know, but like the other saying. Weeter? No, no, no. Uh, there's a biblical saying. Ah. The wheat from the chaff.
0: Well, no matter how you say it, this guy's a fucking asshole.
1: Yeah, uh, it sounds like...
0: Emma Goldman... Who was a she was like a, a political and anarchist writer at the time. Uh, she referred to him as the leader of America's moral eunuchs. Oh boy! His idea of what was obscene was very broad, to the point where anatomy textbooks could not be sent to medical students through the mail. So good luck learning your anatomy, you future uh,
1: doctors. What what what's a vagina? <laughs>
0: They don't know. Another one of his uh, high points is he was aggressively opposed to women's rights. So you can go fuck yourself. I mean. He destroyed 15 tons of books. 15 tons? 284,000 pounds of plates for printing. And 4 million photos. No, fuck this guy. That he thought were objectionable. Oh, yeah, he's... And he claimed that Ow. books were feeders for brothels. But, no? This is, like, some, like, straight-up Fahrenheit 451 shit. What? Like, ugh. Okay. He boasted that he was responsible for 4,000 arrests and drove 15 people to suicide. If you're excited about that... You you excited about that? He is a piece of trash. Yeah, no, that's... Like, kind of, I hope there's a hell. And you've, you've played Bioshock Infinite, right? Yeah. And is, he, is he actually? So the primary antagonist of Bioshock Infinite is Zachary Hale Comstock. He is fashioned after Anthony Comstock. Uh, so Zachary Hale Comstock is a puritanical religious leader at the head of an ultra-nationalistic political party controlling the city-state of Columbia that has seceded from the United States. So I feel like their portrayal of him is right on the money. Yeah. Because it he is, is garbage. Pretty good. So that led to this super fun period of extreme repression in America. Yay.
1: Man. So that was fun. And then later on, they just tried to take her booze away. Yeah, that worked real well. Oh, um, That's uh, interesting.
0: There's, we have a real good history of telling other people what they should and shouldn't be doing.
1: You'd think we'd... Uh- We'd learn, we'd know better by now.
0: No, you
1: know we what? never learn. I just can't believe that there were people behind a man. Like, mm-hmm. and, I mean, and I can see it because in in a lot of our history, there's always been a lot of religion. I mean, in, that, in pretty much any, any country's history... There's only a lot of religion behind a lot of the acts they end up doing, whether it's like, mm-hmm. changing their religion or, like, the religion with their head and stuff. And so I can see... But I still, like, behind closed doors or just, like, I I find it hard to believe that there are that many people. Mm-hmm. But then again, I get surprised nowadays.
0: Well, I mean, he got federal laws passed. Yeah, he like, got... For fuck's sake.
1: I don't get how... Like...
0: And they're very counterintuitive. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: it's preventing, real dumb.
1: Preventing the knowledge for preventing venereal disease. But
0: then also pre- preventing contraceptives.
1: Destroying books and stuff that he deems, as, that he deems mm-hmm. as inappropriate. And Because he thinks he is the weeder of God's even garden. then I think, and, and I hate, part of me, there's the, the certain things that I'd, I'd like to say should not be this case, but... I think any kind of, like, book or knowledge that's out there, I... It's tough because there, there's some things that I really very much disagree with or things that, like, that I, like, you know, um, hey, like, you, you have, like, uh, like, Hitler's My Call, mm-hmm. right? And part of me would want to argue that we don't need shit like that. We
0: also... But also, if you don't know your
1: history, you're doomed to repeat it. Exactly. So it's, like, you can choose to forego it, but that just means it just comes back a different way. hmm It's like energy. <laughs> <laughs> But um damn that was that was not what I would have imagined like I thought I was getting I thought I was gonna get like a civil war throwdown of like all the body counts.
0: Yeah, no I
1: kind of got a throw down of possibly the body counts of <laughs> <laughs> different things.
0: Which and I that was something that I had never thought about mm-hmm. was I mean I guess the pornography aspect. Because yeah. it's not like these guys were just like, yep, we're fighting all the time, we're only thinking about the war, this is fine. We,
1: it, it feels like we get taught that, like, that when people go like yeah, the they, we- they just turn to machines and they're just like, we're going to yeah. war, it's war time.
0: And I mean, I guess I can understand why it's not necessarily taught in history class for children, but also we have to remember that the people that we're fighting were people, and they do human things.
1: Mm-hmm. was very interesting. <laughs> you always come up with some, such good stuff. Thanks.
0: It was both very interesting and very infuriating. Uh,
1: okay. So time to roll for it. Yep.
0: So today I'm super excited. I have some Chessex
1: Violet Vortex. I'm not going to lie. They remind me of uh, some of the things I as a kid. Like the one that was like a little bit like bubblegum flavored a little bit. Are you thinking, like, like, Motrin? Or, like, like, children's Tylenol? It came, like, in an orange bottle. I don't know. It had, a plastic spoon.
0: Oh, yeah. With the, like, dropper spoon type. Yeah, the measure spoon. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, I'm super excited about these. So these... They look very pretty, though. This is part of their their test sets that they put out for their cons and everything. And these are one of the ones... Or this is one of the sets that was chosen not to be
1: produced. So you have...
0: Yeah, so I, like, specifically... Like a collector's die, almost. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited about them. I got another set when I got these. I had to order them specifically from Chessex. And their people are very nice. That's super cool. So maybe next week I'll use my other dice. Nice. I got... Because I got, they're... The, the test sets that they put out, they had several that were... Um, like, they had several Festives, and then several uh, Vortex dice And... I got two of the vortexes because a lot of the festives were deemed to be produced.
1: Mm. Cool. Well yeah, let's see what you
0: get. Oh Jesus Christ, that went way far. I got a seven! Oh shit.
1: Seven. Current events. Yeah, pretty sure it was current events now. It is. Nice. Damn. Okay. Then. Oh, what are you talking about though? There's so much stuff happening right now. I know, that's and none of it's happy. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, okay, then uh, I'm going to stick with my staple dice from... That your one. gravity dice? Staples. No. Oh, oh, these dice.
0: Those things, I made them the right. Ones that you,
1: the ones that you put your heart and soul into, because I heard about...
0: And blood and was, tears.
1: <laughs> yeah, how tough it was to actually get the decals on these.
0: They're um, very tiny. <laughs> they Even on oversized dice.
1: Yeah. All right, let's see what I get. Paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Sweet. <sighs> I wonder. Will Zach Bacon's real? Oh God! Again. See <laughs> so to visit I, you in your dreams. Will I pick a story and find out that he has done this? <laughs> One can dream.
0: <laughs> I follow Ghost Adventures on Twitter, Did and you they follow them. Yeah, they posted something. They posted something earlier today was like, tune in to see the most terrifying thing we've ever done. And I was like, oh, good God. Uh, uh, you
1: didn't open the box. You shut your goddamn place. <laughs> until you do that, you've lost my respect. <laughs> if you had any from me. But I'm curious to see. Huh. We'll have to find out. OK. Um. But yeah, I guess until next time. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about.
0: Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTF pod. Email us at WTF.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfit. You already are old, you're not getting old. Damn it! <laughs> Welcome to the club. Oh yeah. I'm an octogenarian. Uh,
1: where am I going?
0: Where where are you going? <laughs> I'm trying to get to <laughs> you're just bent over under the desk giggling.
1: I mean, that's my favorite
0: position. Oh, being bent. bent over. <laughs> <to> being bent. I <laughs> 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 like
1: it <went. laughs> uh,
0: when. All right, match, 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 match,
1: match,